Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 230, opening weekend, Mississippi Public Land Turkey. And I am your host and the guy who has had a pretty nice start to his turkey season this year. So we are less than two weeks into turkey season in Alabama and in Mississippi because I now have been hunting two times so far this year in Mississippi, and I have seen five birds flop. It has been very exciting, to say the least, and I am riding a pretty good high right now, and hopefully that high will continue throughout the season and there will be no mid-season lull for me. We'll see. Only time will tell with that. But right now we are 34 days, 4 hours, 4 minutes, and 13 seconds away from the end of Alabama's spring turkey season. I told you guys I was going to bring you the audio of some of my hunts from this spring, and today is the first of those episodes with some audio from a hunt from opening weekend on public land in Mississippi. Listen, it's turkey season, and it's time to get serious. So I'm not going to play around today. Let's get right into the interview with my hunting buddy and turkey killer, Cameron Weddington, and I'll see you on the other side. 
Hey everybody, I am bringing to you today someone who has become a regular on the show because he was regularly involved with the show, and that is our former intern, Cameron Weddington. And Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm always happy to be on the show. I miss working for you on it, and I'm glad I could be a guest on it again. Me too, because that means that there's a story to tell. Yeah, I hope I'm a really regular guest on this show. I'm the one all the time. Oh, <laughs> uh, I hope so too. Specifically well, after Arkansas, hopefully. Yes. Oh man, definitely. If I'm going to drive eight hours, I want there to be some feathers on the ground when I'm through. Yeah, two two big piles of them would be ideal. Exactly, yeah. So you and I had a little trip that we went on in Mississippi, and it was yep. opening weekend in Mississippi. So Mississippi season actually opened on March the 15th, which is Friday, but you didn't make it down until late Friday night. Mm-hmm. And so you and I hunted Saturday and Sunday morning together, and we hunted public land. And would you like to just jump in and tell the story and then give your perspective of the hunt? Because I can't give your perspective. I can give mine. And actually, I have my perspective recorded because I did a play-by-play while the hunt was going on. Very nice. Yeah, I look forward to hearing the recording of the hunt myself. But yeah, I'll go into it. So you called me a few I guess a couple months ago, or about a month ago maybe, and said you were going to hunt in Mississippi early and had a friend down there that was going to help you out on some public land to get started. And so you went down there and hunted Friday morning. And I think y'all heard a few birds, but didn't really have much luck. And so I arrived Friday night to camp and threw my hammock in a tree with my bug net and got a little nap in because it was about 11 o'clock and we got up early the next morning and so we were the first people to where well actually we weren't the first people but (laughs) we were we were pretty close to being first I guess and so we've had to park a little further down the road than we thought we were going to and went in there and we kind of got us a little nap in the truck or I think you did because you know you'd already been hunting once but this was this was my first morning so I was a little antsy yeah you were jacked Uh, yeah I was pretty amped plus you Uh, had your coffee yeah, that coffee was stout. When I make it in a French press, it I can make it. it, it it's got a little crunch to it in the end. More of a, uh, almost like a taffy in uh, consistency. But it, it's really nice. Got me woke up, got me amped up for the hunt, you know. So anyway, we finally got out of the truck and walked in there to where you had heard a hen the, fall, the former afternoon, I believe, on the roost. So we went into where she was and sat down and waited for day to break, which I'm always grateful when day breaks on a new turkey season, just to know that I've been blessed to see another one, you know, and yeah, no uh, doubt. it's a, that's kind of a special time that first time of the year for me. And it was greeted to the early morning with some sweet yelps from a hen right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't very far, maybe what do you say, maybe 200 yards? I think she was a little closer than that. She was she was fairly yeah. loud. 2,550. So you told me to crawl on up in front of you to trees, and so I did that. And She was 
a very bossy hen. That was some. Yeah. I don't know. Did you record that as well? I wonder if you got. Did you get any audio of her? I have to go back and listen, but I don't think that I recorded that early morning hunt, or if I did, mm-hmm. I may have deleted it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it may not. She was, for a recording, she may have been out there a little bit, but man, was yeah. she bossy. She was really talkative and loud, and so that was nice, and you started calling, and y'all were kind of having a really nice conversation. I was sitting between y'all, and Turkey gobbled behind her on private land, and he was pretty good ways back there. Mm-hmm. And I believe you were the one that, and I, I was thinking the same thing that he's not the only one in here. I bet there's a you know a gobbler with this hen as talkative as she is. And so that flock of turkeys flew down, and we presumed were feeding off to the would have been our left, going west, I believe, and on the other side of a creek. So we went up our side of the creek, and the plan was to get in front of them. And hopefully, you know, call them in and there'd be two massive gobblers with that hen and we would kill them both. And as luck would have it, where we went to where we could see a field where we presumed they were going, the field was turned out to be about a three-year-old cutover. And everything leading up to that field was about as thick as a three-year-old cutover. Yeah, it was pretty thick. (laughs) We figured, I don't know if a turkey can walk through that. Yeah, well, and especially considering what the rest of the land around there looked like. I mean, yeah, you know, it was, that was wide open, big timber, and then all of a sudden there's this, what, probably a 10 or 20 acre bramble patch. I mean, it was... Yeah, I mean, it was nasty. Was I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they nest in there maybe, but I don't know about them just walking through there. And anyway, so we stopped. We had crossed the creek. We actually flew across the creek. We did some wing beats as we went across, and so we both flew across the creek and uh, got on the other side, and we called a little bit over there for a second and nothing, and then we moved on up the creek a little bit, and we were kind of, the creek bend, it ran into another creek, almost like a T, and we were in the corner of the T on one side, and we were just kind of sitting there. I think you were texting your buddies or something, you know, because it was Alabama's opening day too. So, you know, they were all texting and stuff. I think y'all were having a pretty funny conversation, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so I was sitting there just twiddling my thumbs and started yelping a little bit on my mouth call and hit my aluminum call. And all of a sudden, there he is. Uh, turkey gobbles probably, I'd say, 125 yards. I mean, he wasn't far and he was down the creek on the other side and so we you know both looked at each other i start fist pumping because i'm amped that a turkey just gobbled at me for the first time of the year and we jumped down in the creek and flip up there and we don't really know how far he is off the creek bank so you told me you know ease up you know where you can see and i'm just gonna stay down in the creek and call you know and so that's what we did and I believe while we were moving, he gobbled again on his own, which was a really good sign. Yeah. And so I slipped up to the top of the creek bank and was looking, and then you called, and he answered immediately, and I could tell he was far enough away where I could get up on top. And so I scrambled up there and got on a tree immediately about 10 yards off the bank, 
And then I believe at that point you eased up the bank and sat down right on the edge. And you called and he gobbled. You were doing some real soft calling. Did you fly across the creek again? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. You did. Okay. So Andy flew across the creek again and started doing some soft calling, a lot of scratching in the leaves. And he, he was gobbling really responsive to calling and gobbled every every time you called about he gobbled and then he kind of went quiet for a few minutes and the next time he gobbled he had moved from directly in front of my gun barrel directly straight left and it seemed like he was heading down the creek again and was on the other side of a big kind of real thick bottom like almost like a ditch you know it was really thick it didn't really look like something a turkey would cross yeah and so I scrambled back to you, and we're kind of having a quick conversation about, like, what do we need to do? And you are you were kind of saying, let's get back in the creek, ease down, you know, around this big draw thing that he's not going to cross and, you know, set up on the other side of him and call. And we're kind of discussing what, what we should do. And then he gobbles again, and he's a lot closer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was when we said – he's coming. I'm going to sit down. So I ran up and sat down and he gobbled again. And I realized I need to move up to where I can shoot down in this bottom, you know, thing. Cause he's, he's coming across it. And so I moved up sitting right on the edge and had a pretty good view of the whole bottom. Now at this point, although it was very thick and he gobbled a couple more times and then all went quiet. And when that happened, I thought, He's coming. He's some, I don't know where he's going to come from because it's super thick in here, but I was thinking he's coming. And I believe you were thinking he's going to hang up on the other side of that thing and stay there. (laughs) And then unbeknownstly to you, because you were still, you know, what would you say, 30 yards behind me at this point? Yeah, I'd say I was a good 25, 30 yards behind you. So unbeknownstly to you, the turkey comes into vision for me. And he's about 60 yards in front of me. And he's moving from left to right at a pretty good clip. You know, really excited about the hens that were talking to him kind of thing. And so he was in a rush to get there. And so he's moving left to right. And it's so thick. You know, there's no way I'm going to be able to shoot plus he's 60 yards. So I'm wanting him to get closer and he's coming good. So he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. It's too thick to shoot. It's too thick to shoot. And before I know it, this turkey has gotten all the way to my right and is then going to come around and basically circle me and come straight to where you are, where you've been calling. Yes. And he's going to get around me. <laughs> so, Man. yeah, yeah, exactly. So Andy, you know, he told that turkey, hey, don't come straight to me. Circle around <laughs> and come over here so I can kill you. Because it was my turn to shoot first because you shot first in North Carolina. And so now you'll be up in Arkansas. But anyway, so this turkey is circling me, and I'm kind of stuck because I'm facing forward, and at this point the turkey is about 80 degrees off to my right, and he's about to get to 90 degrees. But I noticed he was going to have to cross a pretty good-sized ditch to get over to where we are. And I knew when he goes in that ditch, his head's going to be down below it. And at that point, I'm going to have to make my move. And so that is when you keyed in on the idea that something's going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
because all of a sudden I'm facing one way and in a split second I'm facing completely to my right now. Yeah, you're about a, you made about a 90 degree all. move, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, if it had been more than that, I would have had to swap the gun and shoot him left-handed probably because I couldn't have rotated any more than I did. Yeah. And so this turkey comes up out of the ditch. He didn't see a thing, which is great because luckily the ditch was deep enough where his head had to go below it and came up behind a couple of trees and then stepped out in the open at probably 35 yards, I'd say, and had his head raised nice and high, and I laid the hammer on him. And that was the first turkey when I shot. I could see that my pattern completely engulfed his head. And that was the first time I've ever just very calmly unloaded my gun and slowly stood up and walked up there. Uh, Usually I'm in like a frantic sprint up there to put my foot on his head kind of thing. But this time I knew he ain't going anywhere. So I walked up there and he was flopping around in the ditch. He was smoked. Blood was everywhere. Apparently I'm colorblind, so I didn't know that. But you said it was. Yeah. And when I turn around, Andy's running up there and... We start fist pumping, get a big hug in, squealing like little girls with excitement. And he was a he was a nice two year old bird. Probably had you know three quarters to an inch spur. I hadn't even measured him. And then he had a pencil beard that was probably nine and a half ten inches long, but it was yep. the thinnest little beard I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so he wasn't heavily bearded, but he was definitely a full grown, full fan, beautiful Mississippi gobbler. And if I could shoot him every day for the rest of my life, I would. Yeah, no doubt. And so I was able to check it off the list. And then we hunted hard the remainder of our time in Mississippi, but did not have any luck with Andy killing his bird. I don't think we heard one more turkey gobble Sunday morning, and he was about two miles off and in the exact direction we had just talked to some guys were going. Yeah. So we didn't really ever get to set up on another bird the remainder of the hunt but luckily i got my mississippi turkey in two hours on public land on my first time ever hunting in mississippi it's just that easy there (laughs) (laughs) did you you guys from mississippi hear that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know what these mississippi guys are complaining about i mean they're public land you just you just show up in two hours, you kill your bird. It's pretty easy. Just like that. Yeah. I don't I don't know what, I mean, it's just, you know, almost as easy as Alabama, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just, they just gobble so much and they're just, they're awesome. It's, it's fantastic. Well, you know, Alabama, yeah, so that was, Alabama's so ahead. easy because you get, the Alabama has five birds. For the limit, yeah, and so, so I mean, it's got to be easier. They wouldn't birds. give you five birds. There's birds running everywhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the main problem I had in Alabama and Mississippi is trying not to run over my limit while I'm trying to get to my spot. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a real issue. There's just, there's so many of them. You, you gotta, you're got you swerving all over the road. There's just gobblers die, trying to die every, every turn. Uh-huh. So that's just how – that was my experience, so – I think that I'm going to quit calling you the former Turkey Hunter Podcast intern and start calling you the current Turkey Hunter Podcast BSer. <laughs> that that would be a very very accurate title for me. <laughs> Cuz uh, there is nothing easy about Mississippi or Alabama. I got schooled 
killed many, many times in Alabama, and luckily I killed one and I'm done with that state. But nothing easy about Mississippi either. That was just, we found the right bird at the right time, satellite gobbler that probably had just gotten kicked out of the flock and was very lonely looking for some girlfriends to keep him company. Mm-hmm. And you just don't, you know, that doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, man, it's nice because... You need those sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, there's there's a few things that stick out about that hunt to me, and one of them is that thanks to Scott McDonald. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got some amazing intel on where to go, spots, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not talking just hey, here's a good area. I mean like hey, here's a they tree to go drop. sit on. <laughs> Yeah, Let there's me two gobblers there. roosted here. <laughs> yes, yeah. And Bradley Reed was a big help as well. And so with those two guys helping us out, they got us in an area that there were turkeys, and I actually hunted that same area that afternoon. I went in with Scott, and he and I made a big loop walking through the woods and calling and trying to get something sparked on that Friday afternoon before Cameron arrived and made it back out to the truck. And there were still, you know, a couple of hours before dark. And so he said, well, where, where do you want to go in the morning? And I, after walking through this area and seeing just the amazing amounts of turkey sign that I saw, mm-hmm. I said, I want to go here. Yeah. So the amount of scratching was unbelievable. It really was. So I decided to stay in there and, Something I'm very excited about is that evening at about fly-up time, I was sitting on top of a ridge working the trumpet call Mm -hmm. and had a hen talk back to me while I was using the trumpet. Yep. So that got me a little fired up, gave me a little confidence. And then that Saturday morning, while we're standing in the creek bed and the turkey's up on the bank up above us, I used the trumpet caller and got him to gobble. And so that'll get your confidence up every time. Yes, indeed. So I'm feeling more confident with that. Another thing. I'll tell you, that trumpet call sounded good to me. And I, I, I have one myself. And one thing I've noticed with those is they sound weird when you're the one blowing them. Yeah. But when you're standing 10 yards away from the guy blowing it, it sounds very realistic. It has a very different sound than any other call. So I'd I'd keep whipping that sucker out. I mean, he gobbled at it and she yelped at you. So you had him convinced you were a turkey. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And what you said is right. When, When you're working it, it just doesn't sound the same. And for any of you guys who are, who are trying to master the trumpet or wingbone or cane yelper, any of those air-operated calls like that, I would recommend setting your cell phone to record, putting it down in a spot in the woods where you can find it, walking away about <laughs> 20 or 30 feet and calling with it for 30 seconds to a minute going back to your phone, stopping the phone, stopping the recording, and playing it back. So you can hear what it sounds like at a distance. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at the difference in the sound that you have on your recording 
compared to the sound that you're getting in your ears with that trumpet or wing bone or cane yelper in your mouth. So yeah, absolutely, that's that's yeah. a fantastic piece of advice because it it is a it's like it's amplified with those calls that it sounds different when you're the one blowing it, but yeah. When you get out there 10 yards, 15 yards, it, it sounds really realistic. I mean, it has a, a lot of turkey in it. Oh, yeah. There's it's no question different. about that. Yeah. A couple of other things that stand out to me are that, you know, we were not in a huge hurry. We were in an area that we knew had turkeys in it, and mm-hmm. we more or less were hanging out in that area we had somewhere we wanted to go and check but it's not like we were making a beeline to get there and what i think is really important is when the turkeys are not fired up and gobbling every breath there's really no reason to be in a hurry mm-hmm. when you know and so that's why when when i hear people say run and gun i don't you know, by definition, what you and I were doing was running and gunning, but we yeah. were far from running. You know, we were more what I like to call stopping, looking, and listening, and mm-hmm. taking our time to get to point B. Because what else is there to do? We're we're yeah. in the woods for the day, and if it took and us, we know that the woods we're in has turkeys. It's obvious. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. And if it took us fourteen hours to get to point B. So what? There's no reason yep. to hurry. Now, when the turkey gobbled, there's a little bit of urgency. Yeah, but, yeah that added some, some urgency quickly. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, up until that point in time, there's no reason to rush. Stay in the areas that, that, that you know there are turkeys because you never know what will happen. And so this hunt is the proof in the pudding. Yeah. So... Mm. I'll tell you one thing, too, to reiterate that I thought was interesting is when we were easing through the woods and stuff, we we pretty much were, like, assuming the role as if we were two hens hanging out in the woods. We eased through. When we came across the creek, like, we flew across, you know, and stuff like that. That turkey, when we did our mock fly across the creek, he would he probably heard that. I mean, because we weren't far from him when we did that. And so that, in my mind, you know, he may have heard that and that kind of may have got him interested to start things off where he, I mean, when he hears that, he thinks that's turkey. Right. And that's, this is a public land bird. He knows what humans are and that just adds some realism. And then all of a sudden he hears that yelping. And so he gobbled at it. And then when you flew back across, I mean, to him, that means hens just flew across. They called to me. I answered them, and then they flew back across to me, so they're interested in me, you know. I just yeah. think that kind of stuff that you don't think, you know, you think in the moment when you're doing it, it's just fun and game. You know, like, oh, we're going to fly across the creek. But I think that could have made a big difference for a um, public land gobbler like that. It just adds the realism to it. And so what Cameron is, is talking about, we flew across the creek. So, of course, he and I wish we could fly across the creek. <laughs> But we imitated turkeys flying across the creek. And so how can you do that? Well, Scott Ellis talked about it in last week's interview. You can do it any number of ways. You can take your hat off and beat it on your arm. Like, and, and I have no hat on, but I still, I still have arms. So 
I'm going to kind of semi-imitate it, but I'm actually going to beat my chest. How about that? So you sound like a turkey flying across the creek. And of course, when the turkey flies across the creek, the turkey lands in the leaves. So if you can make a little leaf rustling sound, it sounds that much more realistic. And I like to kind of hit a few limbs. You know, I use actual wing and I'll, I'll kind of hit some small branches with it, too. Because, I mean, when those big wings of the turkey come out, they're going to hit little branches and stuff. No doubt. And I have one of Preston Pittman's flapping scratches. So he has oh, yeah. this little thing called a flapping scratch. And, you know, I, I could cut it open and know exactly what's in it. I have my ideas of what's in it, but it doesn't matter. The thing cost, what, 10, 15 bucks. And I'm not going to make one myself. So I'm not worried about the cost. I'm worried about the sound. And that joker sounds realistic. You can make mm-hmm. it make a flapping sound like a turkey's wings flapping, or you can rustle it, you know, kind of crunch it up, and it sounds like a turkey scratching in the leaves. And it's a yeah. great you... tool to use when you're sitting down and, and calling a turkey, trying to soft call them and get them to come in. Yeah, and you can so, sit it right there on your knee, you know, where yeah. you don't have to actually reach down and grab leaves, so you a lot less movement with that. That's exactly right. And, you know, for us right-handed shooters, you can put it on your left knee with the forearm of the gun on top of it and your yeah, left hand right working in. that flap and scratch without hardly moving at all. And it's very realistic. And so I use that to imitate the turkeys, the hens flying across the creek. And why not? I mean, what what did I have to lose by doing that, by making what yeah. is a realistic sound that a turkey expects to hear from another turkey, especially in that area, in that little piece of land where that creek is like a sidewinder rattlesnake going through the desert. I mean, that thing yeah. curves here, curves there, curves everywhere. And, you know, it's it's hard to be a turkey in those woods and not have to cross that creek at some point in time. So yeah. they're and familiar his, with that. That's his backyard. So, yeah, like you were about to say, you're familiar with it. That's his backyard. So he knows there's a creek right there. And he, when we called, he knew we were on the other side, and then he hears us fly across. I mean, that would excite, you know, that got him excited, I think. Yeah. It's like, wow, she's interested. She flew over to me. It's just that extra little bit of realism to add to a calling setup, and you and I were actually using it before we really sat down to call to this bird. We'd been calling yeah, before we as knew we were he walking was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right, yeah. because we, we did that even further back up the creek before he ever gobbled. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very exciting hunt. It was a very fun hunt. It's a great, for me, day two of season. And Yeah, you've had a heck of a start here anyway. It's been pretty okay so far. <laughs> yeah. See five turkeys die in the first seven days is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain about it. There will be a dry spell. I just hope it does not last long. Yeah. But yeah, it it was a great trip and 
Yeah, even if we hadn't killed a turkey, it still would have been a good trip to be in the woods. The woods are gorgeous where we were. And yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it it was way hillier than I thought it was going to be, which I'm cool with that. Yeah. That doesn't really bother me walking up and down hills unless it's Sunday morning and you've walked about two and a half miles from the truck. And you know that there's a car parked down the road about two miles away from you that you're circling around to get to, and you're going to both get in the car, and one of the people is going to drive the car back to the truck so that you don't have to backtrack or do a whole lot of extra walking to get back to your vehicle. Yeah, it's a good idea in theory. That second person decides to leave the keys to his car, in the truck that he just got out of two and a half miles back. It was a good idea in theory. It just the execution wasn't there for one of us. And I mean, I I think it was a good idea. I I tried again, but you know, (laughs) maybe remember the keys that would help. Well, with that uh, scenario where the whole plan is to walk from the truck to the car the uh, two and a half miles of hills and, and woods. And then when we got, what? We weren't very far from the car when I broke the news to you that I realized the keys were still in the truck. Mm-hmm. We're, we're probably so. a mile and a half, maybe two miles away from the car. But, yeah, it was it was Luckily, going to be an easier walk to the car than it was to from the truck to where we were. Yeah, and new ground compared to hunting the exact same ground we just walked. Mm-hmm. But, but luckily, our saving grace came down the, the road, and a guy picked us up and drove us back to the truck. Very nice young man. Yes. Someone by the name of Hunter stopped by and picked up two complete strangers while they were turkey hunting and took them to their car, which by road was about, oh, what would you say, five miles? Yeah, it was, it was about a 10-minute drive. <laughs> yeah. So Hunter... If by chance you were listening, these are Thank the you. two idiots that you picked up on the side of the road. <laughs> you saved Sunday me from morning. Andy killing me in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you saved Cameron's life, and we thank you very much for that. And so after Cameron broke the news to me that he had left his car key in my truck, we walked along for, I don't know, two or three minutes, and he looked over at me and he said, so are you not going to talk? <laughs> So are you not going to talk to me the rest of the morning? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you didn't even, when I told you I left the keys, you didn't even respond. You just started walking again. You kind of sighed and then walked. And I was like, okay, we're still going the wrong way. You never said anything. So I thought maybe we were just done for the day. (laughs) Well, I didn't want to talk to me either at that point. Well, I did have to tell you that if I had been able to honestly say that I had never made a mistake before in my life, like the one that you had made by leaving your car key in my truck two and a half miles back, (laughs) then I would not have talked to you the rest of the day. But I know that I have done something just as absent-minded, and so, you know, can't be mad at that. It is what it is, and you just have to deal with it and go. So It was almost very slightly inconvenient, but it worked out in the end. Worked out well. Worked out well, but yeah, uh, it was yeah. very very hilly, but beautiful country. I mean, really, just the woods 
big open woods, which adds a new challenge to the to turkey hunting, as you guys listening know. And mm-hmm. it was a great experience, and I'm glad that we could get Cameron a public land turkey in Mississippi. So yeah, congrats to you. State is crossed off. So just out of curiosity, you're on the beginning run of the Super Slam, and that is state oh, yeah. number. That is state number six. State number six. State number six. Fantastic. And Arkansas is in the in the sights for state number seven. All right. And state number what for you? Twenty nine thirty. Arkansas, if I can make it happen, will be state number 30. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it's going to happen then. I mean, lucky number 30, Arkansas is going to happen. Oh, yeah. We'll make it work. We had a good warm-up in the in the hills of Mississippi because I think we're about to embark in some more serious terrain. Yeah, we went from baby hills to some, <laughs> or going to some big daddy hills. Or baby <laughs> Yeah, it ain't going to be a joke anymore. Exactly. So, man, I enjoyed hunting with you, and I am just thrilled that you got your bird in Mississippi, and especially on public land, shooting one of those easy public land Mississippi turkeys two hours after arriving on your first hunting trip in the state. Exactly how I figured it was going to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you had such an excellent guide. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, I can't can't have any complaints. You called him right in. So mm-hmm. That worked mm-hmm. out well. And you were able to get your Mississippi turkey the following weekend. So we both have knocked that one off the board. Yes, indeed. And that story is to come in a week or two. So I'm looking forward to sharing that one with you guys. Yeah, and then we'll be back on here talking about Arkansas in about three weeks. Yes, indeed. And I'm excited to be sharing those stories with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I know I'm I'm ready for it. I'm going to sleep in this coming Friday because season begins Saturday. And I uh, have calculated that I'll be going 44 days in a row. So I figure I might as well sleep in this Friday before that starts. (laughs) Good for you. Get it saved up. Yeah. You need it. Yeah, it's going to be a good year, I have a feeling, and couldn't have, couldn't have started any better, I know that. Yeah. And yours has started off hot, too, so we're both we're both feeling good right now. We might get a bunch of humble pie the remainder of the season, but hopefully we still scratch out a few more. Yeah, I agree. Well, good deal, buddy. Well, I appreciate your time this evening to chat with us and share your perspective, and we're going to play the audio from this hunt so that Everybody can hear my perspective from 25 or 30 yards back. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing you this weekend. And then, so you and I are hunting together this coming weekend and the following weekend, aren't we? It is this coming weekend, not the next weekend, Uh, but the next weekend. Okay. Yeah. So we, we like to take a week off between seeing each other. It just makes it better. Well, we need to. I still need more time to get over you leaving your key in my truck. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I bet if that happens uh, in Arkansas, where we do that same plan, I bet you probably are going to pat me down and make sure those keys are in a pocket somewhere. I cannot so. even remember my address, and you expect me to remember <laughs> stuff like that? Yeah, same, same here. I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, so. 
Well, anyway, well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm glad to be on here and love the podcast. I'm, I've met some folks here lately who have lots of high things to say about it. So I know it's a lot of great turkey content. You can't beat that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate your help over the years, and I certainly have enjoyed hunting with you. You're a good man, and I am glad to share the turkey woods with you anytime. Well, good, because you'll see me in about three days. <laughs> good deal. Looking forward to it. All right, man. I'll see you later. Have a good night. Give Audrey a hug for me. Will do. See you. Right, buddy. Bye. All right. Now, here is the audio from the actual hunt. And now you may have to turn the volume up just a little bit, but you may not. So listen in, make the decision. It's about 12 minutes of audio, just so you know, in case you do turn the volume up, you'll want to turn it back down before I start talking again. Listen in close. It is 8.56, Saturday, March the 15th. Cameron and I have a turkey gobbling about maybe a hundred yards from us in the Homachito National Forest in southern Mississippi.
knowledge but because the trees are so big the woods are just wide open
hair flopping, baby. Up. I figured it was a ditch. Oh. That is awesome. Oh, man. Keep the rope on that joker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my there we go. First third of the year. Mississippi, baby. Congrats, buddy. Oh my gosh, I was shaking. He's got a pretty good spur. Yeah. Got a little bitty beard on him. He does have a pencil thin beard. I'll take it. He is D E A D. Oh, I had to watch him come all the way up through all this crap. I could not shoot him. And I just spun on that tree all the way. I saw you I saw you turn like and then I saw you move even more. I'm like, come on, Cameron, shoot him, shoot him, Cameron, shoot him, shoot him, oh, Cameron. Shooting over there, but he kept getting behind trees. And finally, he came up at this draw right here. I mean, I was right there. I can't believe he came through that crap. That's a pretty long shot. Yeah. That's awesome. Let me get a picture. <laughs> Oh, Mississippi, bubble for him, Man, he is pretty. Golly, He's beautiful. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, what did he gobble? He was gobbling right there. I was like, he's in gun range. Mm -hmm. He's in gun range. I know he is. He didn't hardly strut it at all. He didn't strut a single time when I was watching him. He was on a miss that last time you called. And he gobbled. He got on a mission. I had, had to watch him work his way all the way. <sighs> you can see forever in here, so I bet you could see him a good bit. Wow, oh, good ways. You know, back there, which ended up would have been better. But I was worried he was going to come up the bottom. And I was like, my God, if he comes there, he's going to pop up five yards from me. Which he did anyway. He was right on top of me. I could see his beard. Barely. Like, I was like, I don't care. I'm shooting it. That beard's about ten inches long. Yeah. No, I mean, like, it, pencil thin. it took forever for it to show up. Because, I mean, it's so thin. It was just, you know, hanging like that when he was walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had that full gobble. Oh my gosh! I cannot believe that. You killed a turkey on public land in Mississippi. On my first day ever in the state. Within two hours and three hours of being in the woods. That's a pretty good day. Okay, I hope you enjoyed the playback of that hunt. You know, shaking off the rust 
early is always a blessing. Even though I didn't pull the trigger on that hunt, and Cameron most likely would have killed that turkey without my being there with him, I have to say that I'm thrilled with the outcome of the entire weekend in the woods. Being in the woods with a turkey vest on and a shotgun on my shoulder was amazing in and of itself. Then, when you throw in the bonus of a lonely, gobbling, two-year-old, wild turkey, life is good, even if you're not the one who squeezed the trigger. So that's all that I've got for you guys today. But before I cut you loose, here's my favor of the week. If you enjoyed the show this week, then share it via text message with two hunting buddies using the share feature in your podcast player application. Just about every podcast player application today has a share feature. And once you click that button, you can choose how you wish to share this week's podcast. So all I'm asking is for you to share it via text message with a couple of hunting buddies. But if you want extra credit and you want to go above and beyond, then feel free to not only forward it to a couple of hunting buddies, but also share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram, share it however you want to share it on social media. I will not be upset if you do that. With that said... Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. turkey hunter podcast if you enjoyed the show please go on over to itunes and leave a five-star review and make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips tactics strategies and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds how to film your hunt and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.